This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 889, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Can we forget about the things I said when I was drunk? I didn't mean to call you that. I can't remember what was said or what you threw at me. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Hi there. And joining us in the third chair this week is Dr. Ryan Haupt. Hello, thanks for having me. And this is Pick of the Week, episode 889, and we are a fanboy. And every week one of us picks the book they like the best out of the stack of comics they read. We call that the Pick of the Week. We talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron picks, and listener mail if we have time. And as always, your spoiler warning is in effect for the show. Ryan, you had to pick in a week. In which a miracle happened. There were two comic books drawn by Brian Hitch. Yeah, what a strange Brian Hitchessance uh, that we're going <laughs> through. But I'm not not mad at it because one of the books that he drew uh, was the pick of the week, which is Superman: The Last Days of Lex Luthor, Book One, which is a black label book, or AKA Elseworlds, yep. uh, written by Mark Wade, pencils by Brian Hitch, inks by Kevin Nolan, and colors by David Barron, letters by Richard Starkings and Tyler Smith. I think and that I notice. Nolan part inks was by- the big big draw here for me. Yeah, I, I didn't it, actually realize that, but it explains a lot, I think. Yeah. Ink talk. Yep. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought this was a, a really fun Superman story. I think this is sort of inverse All-Star Superman, right? Kind of. Kind of. We don't know enough yet, <laughs> but kind of. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you remember All-Star Superman, the story was that Superman cells were overcharged with solar radiation. And he was dying and he sort of worked with. There's like this theory. What was the name of the scientist you worked with in that story? Oh, Ryan. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm talking about? There was like a scientist in that story that he worked with who helped. Like, And there's like a theory that that scientist was like Lex Luthor or time traveling or whatever. I but can this, feel if, my brain hardening with every passing you, day. If you put that book in front of me right now, <laughs> I could read it again for the first time. <laughs> it's like also what you said hot. was true. Yes. Okay. Well, that sounds right, but I couldn't tell you the name of the doctor. Yes. No. Well, but th- there's a theory that that doctor was Lex Luthor, so like Superman was working with Lex to like oh, save himself. I don't, himself. I don't caught any of those theories. Okay. That's I'm just still, letting you know. They're all those are all internet theories of people who have too much time well, on their hands. As as we were discussing before we started recording, gravity just a theory. <laughs> um, so a theory that Superman defies regularly. Um, this story is uh, sort of the inverse of that, where Lex Luthor in um, experimenting with some kryptonite douses himself in sort of a, a chemical radiation bath that is now killing him in a way that none of his uh, smarts can figure out a way to reverse. So um, similar to the main Superman book, Lex Luthor comes to Superman for aid, knowing that Superman will say yes to helping him, even though they've, you know, they're the, the greatest enemies that each other has. Um, and it has a lot of flashbacks to Smallville. And this is a version of Smallville where Lex was living in Smallville for a time. And he, and Clark was kind of his only friend and Clark, already had pretty significant levels of power and was really trying to help Lex not be su- such a dick um, and, and failing. And uh, yeah, it, it just sort of sets up this story where 
it's up to Superman to save Lex. And should he do it? Maybe not, but he's going to, because that's the Superman we all know and love. And um, it ends on sort of a interesting note of Clark blaming himself for the fire in in Lex's lab, which is like, I know it's part of certain silver agey origin stories for the Lex and Clark dynamic. It is part of the silver age origin story. Yes, but and, and, um, and if, if Mark Wade so decides, yeah, right, then I get, then he gets he gets he can make the call on all of this. If you're like, did this really happen in canon? And Mark Wade goes, yes, then <laughs> so be it. That's I think he has that he's earned that. So yeah, I just um, I thought this was really good hitch art. The the inks by Kevin Nolan did not hurt at all, and um, I am enjoying watching Mark Wade just sort of. It, it felt like. Um, Felt like I was reading a tale from the again that All Star Superman vibe, where like Mark Wade and Grant Morrison were two of the architects of this plan for Superman coming into the new millennia that didn't quite come to fruition. But I think that now they're both you know in their own way getting to tell those stories, and this felt like part of that um, ideal of what Superman could be as envisioned by these these creators. And I'm just I dug the hell out of it. Yeah, this is super fun. Look at page eleven on your digital reader. That's that's a Kevin Nolan Superman face, not yes, a Brian Hitch face. it absolutely is. Um, some inkers are heavier than others. Some inkers put more of their style into the work than others. And Kevin Nolan has always been someone who puts his style, who, which I really love, into the art. And I thought, it, as you said, Ryan, complimented Hitch really well. I mean, sometimes it's very Hitchy, sometimes it's very Nolan-y, but it, it, it actually really worked. It's the best Hitch I've seen in a really long time. And, and as I look through it, it definitely has you know, some hitch of old. I'm trying to remember. There's a, I have it downstairs. There is a tabloid. Yes. Superman, yes, Mark Wade, Brian hitch thing that, that's uh, I don't know. I want to say there's a Alex Ross cover on the front with like with um, uh, Clark Kent, but either way they did a thing a long time ago. And this was like right after, you know, this is when they were both big deals. I just love the idea that right now I feel like Mark Wade is just, he's unleashed. He is unleashed. He's also like he's unloading years of pent up Superman, <laughs> Batman stories, like he's, all those years that that like Dan Didio didn't want him to do it. Like he didn't just go, oh shucks, like just built up with him like a geyser. <laughs> he has a safe somewhere, and it, you open it up, and it's like the Ark of the Covenant, but it's scripts. I just, I just see like he sits at his desk and he puts his hands on the keyboard and he just tilts his head back and opens his mouth. It's like, oh. <laughs> it just slam, 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 slam. And someone's like, give me Brian Hitch. And he's like, what? Give me Brian Hitch. Put Kevin Nolan on him. And this is like, okay. And we'll get Alex. David Barron. Okay. <laughs> you know, and like it comes out and like, this is really great. You know, because I read this and it it just, it felt right. It just yeah, felt dude. good. I, I don't know that I would have made it my pick of the week, but I could have. Um, I do have two very patented little, little Josh nitpicky things. There's a, I was looking at like the Superman that they chose, the Superman body style is like so like I don't know that I'd go for it, but it works here. It's like a giant torso. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's super bulky, it's like a huge torso. And there's a page where he's flying Superman is flying Lex, uh, page 29, and like he just they both have tiny little feet. They have little <laughs> short feet that look like hooves. Whatever, that's nothing. Clark's but- never gonna be able to find shirts. No, it's a problem. He's got a real torso issue. Um, the other, the other thing is, and this, this got me a little. Is I and I, I just looked up. I was like, does Brian Hitch wear glasses? Because mm-hmm. the first two pages is Clark, 
and he's alone by himself in the Daily Planet, and he's 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 got his glasses on working on the computer. Now he definitely doesn't need to do that, and B. That would be super annoying. There's just all right. sorts of reasons that doesn't work. And then the next page, he takes the glasses off and right, wipes his eyes. And I was like, why is he doing that? He doesn't get eye strain. That's right. a thing I'm going to say. Superman doesn't get eye strain. Does he get tired? I don't know. Does he have? I don't know. I just I looked at it. I was like, wait, why is he doing that? I guess he humanizes him. But I thought, well, maybe Brian Hitch doesn't wear glasses and he doesn't understand. But he does. Well, he'd have to keep the glasses on so anybody could walk in and see what's Superman doing here. Oh, no, it's Clark. I I see we've done. Because, like, I don't need my glasses to see, like, right in front of me, especially as you get older. But you're not wearing them as a disguise. I recognize. I am, too. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how perfectly they cover the aged bags (laughs) under my eyes? Oh, boy. This was, Ryan, this was probably my pick also. This was really fun. Uh, It had that old school DC vibe to it. Um, I liked the Lex characterization a lot. A He's lot. a little bit of an asshole. He wasn't a total asshole. We, you know, we often talk about, you know, when they take a villain, they make him a hero and he's not, he's not that here, but I do kind of like Lex and Clark having an, a long history going back to their childhood together. And I, I really liked the way that they characterized Lex in Smallville as a guy who, um, the way that they make him volatile, I thought actually humanized him more because it's like, He's a genius, but he's a genius at the level where he's just constantly frustrated by everyone else not being a genius around him. There was a great line about how uh, he's so intelligent that he had no room for understanding people at all. The kind of mind that comes along once every hundred years, Mm -hmm. so full of information that it simply had no room for emotional intelligence. And I thought that is brilliant. I mean, Mark Mark Waite's brilliant. Mark Wade is, is, you know, almost more emotional intelligence than anything else. And, and that's what makes him irritable with people from what I understand. But uh, I just what a great line and how it just applies to all of these people who like we know as billionaires who we revere, you know, and then, you know, also this is Lex at the beginning and then you see what sort of happens to him. But I also, you know, like at the beginning, like he attacks this city. I don't know if he actually hurt anybody, but he could have. And he took the gamble that Superman would end up saving everybody anyway. you know. It's evil. Like yep. he's terrorizing people at the very least. The twist on the Phantom Zone, I thought was really wonderful and new. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this idea that they can focus so hard that they can make them. And then they kicked him out of the Phantom Zone. They <laughs> didn't like him. <laughs> You're out. Uh, there was something else I hadn't seen before also, which was one of two scenes in Smallville that I loved. One was where he was just sitting on the bed watching movie at the drive-in from his living room, from his bedroom. That was great. I was like, yeah. oh, oh, shit. I've never seen that before. I don't think I got what that was, but that's awesome. And okay. I can really yeah. see it being played like cinematically, like where he's lonely. And he doesn't have mm-hmm. his friends or a date to go to the, the drive-in, so he's just watching it from his bedroom. I thought that was a really brilliant scene. And then... Um, the next scene, the next morning with mom, pa Kent and Clark is watching Lex build something and he's like, Lex is up to something. And pa's yeah. like, just go eat your breakfast, stay out of it and leaves. And mom's like, what kind of something? And I like that. Mm-hmm. I like the, the different personalities of his parents where she's like, she recognizes that something's going on where pa's just like, you know, just, just don't spy on your friends. I this you, was this. Good. you yeah. take a big ass telescope up into the atmosphere. That can't be good for the telescope. I feel like the glass is going to crack something. Well, I mean, Hubble. 
James Webb. They're all up I there. I know, but this is a this is a poor country boy. I, I did Maybe have he's that. grinding his own glass. No, I did. I did actually have that thought too, Josh. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was del- it was delightful. It but, really... but but Josh, he also doesn't need the telescope. Excellent no, he's point. just holding it. It's fine if it's broken. Like he can still see everything. Actually, all, all of his. I'm like your sneakers. You're, at the very least, your sneakers should crumble when you got back down. Melt as you go through the atmosphere. Yeah. 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 That too. I didn't even thought of that. I just thought they'd freeze and you'd come back in the in the elastomers. Well, it, would depen- just break it down. depends on which version of Superman you're talking about because there's the version where he has a. This was the John. I think it was the John Byrne version where he, the, he has the, a, f- a little force field around his body. Bioorganic that, aura, <laughs> or whatever. protects his clothes from fr- fr- friction and. All I that stuff. feel like Mark Wade would say no. We're we're not doing. that. I would say but, also it ruins the magic of comics. But that was at one point they said right. he had a little friction force field around his body. And, and also, like I want to make this clear, all of those things that I just nitpicked, they do not. I don't. I actually don't think they're problems. I think they're great. I like that they're things that we can pick out and say, I don't want them to stop doing it. I definitely don't want them to explain it. It's that's the fun part. Like, oh, look, they, they want us to believe they want us to disbelieve here. Great. Like, I'm I'm happy about it. So if you're listening to this, guy, oh, he nitpick, nitpicks all this. No, no, I love it. That's I, mm-hmm. I want that to be clear. I like the fact that I'm like, why is he rubbing his eyes? I'm like, who gives a shit? Well, another thing I loved about um, the portrayal of Superman in particular in this book is when they go to Kandor, which you haven't mentioned, he takes Lex to Kandor to see if the Kryptonian science there can help him. And I love that, like, I love that Clark or Cal or whatever he goes by in, in Kandor, like, he, he changes his whole demeanor and dialogue in and around the citizens of Kandor. Like, he's he's saying, you know, by Rao and, and um, mm-hmm. all yeah, these he other... Yeah, he's more Kryptonian. He's code switching. But it's cool. It was good. Like I, he did code switch in a way that was noticeable, but like still felt authentic to the character. It was awesome. I really liked that, you know. And he's actually open with Lex in a way that you know. I mean, that's part of this story is that he wants to be because he knows that it's an intellect that can handle him. But I also like that you know he he went in there you know to try to feel like a, a Kryptonian, but he can't because he's still a man apart. Like he doesn't fit in anywhere, um, which is a feeling that I he think he doesn't a lot fit of us in everywhere. But, but because, every, like, at least in his adult stage, he doesn't fit in everywhere, but everywhere he goes, people love him. Because mm-hmm. he's that's awesome. Gotta a, that's got to be it. But that's got to be like, you ha- yes, but it's got to be a bit of a mind fuck. But oh, not yeah. necessarily for himself. You know what I mean? It's for kind of, it is what deeds. he does, but it, what he represents and for his, his power. His platform. Well, which is what he stands for. <laughs> Respect for women. Well, so well, <laughs> I thought I thought that opening scene actually where oh. they they he's saving the the city from or the island city from the uh, giant uh, robot that Lex built. I, I actually really liked that was the first time in a while where, you know, Mark Wade wrote about how like the people didn't feel fear. They didn't feel panic. They felt yeah. hope because they saw Superman. And that was the first time where like the whole the S stands for hope mm-hmm. kind of actually worked for me. Yeah. It just washes over you like a like a cool stream. This this when Mark Wade writes Superman, they just yep. he just understands him at a level that other writers don't. And, and and you know that the drawings of the of the giant uh you know Lex crab whatever Robert. you know green and purple because he had that done uh, <laughs> yeah. you know and the scale of it against the city like that's some authority Brian hitched up mm-hmm. which is really, pretty wonderful. Um, I liked that there was an explanation. I, again, I just complained that there's there doesn't need, but it was like you didn't have time to build this. He's like, yeah, Koreans or whoever it was. You know, like I I stole it, which you know <laughs> needs must. So I thought it was terrific. I like that since we're living under this oppressive regime of night terror, DC is still putting out these 
Elseworld side books that are still really enjoyable while we just wait patiently for this other thing to end. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been great. I think there's been really there's been like really solid DC books coming out every week that are taking place either in another continuity or somewhere else. And true, this has been good. Josh and I were talking before the show started about how this week a lot of books ended their run, including She-Hulk with issue 178 or 15, the final issue of this particular She-Hulk run, before it gets rebooted as the sensational She-Hulk, also written by Rainbow Rowell. And also drawn by Andre Genelay. Yep. But uh, I thought as a final issue, this was good. And as a wrap-up to the storyline with The Scoundrel, this was good. I enjoyed the Punch Club jokes. Mm -hmm. I liked even the jack of hearts stuff which i've not really been into in terms of the romance i thought their scene was good together this is one of the first scenes with them that i thought i was like okay i, I get their romance there because i don't know that i did i don't know that i, I always I, felt, I felt the same way josh I, I agree with you i thought the jack of hearts stuff in this particular issue was stronger than it had been in some of the previous issues mm-hmm. i do feel like i don't know that you really should have added much more they could but i i felt like this may be an issue short and I get mm-hmm. it. What's it? It's 15 issues. Yeah. 15. There you How did go. Scott, five, did five it, and five. Didn't the last issue end with her punching him out of the ship? How like, I, I just felt like there was a continuity error where I was like, how is he back inside? That's it ends with her going through the wall, didn't it? Maybe it's just the wall inside the ship. Yeah. Maybe so. It just, well, I, I, I felt good. like I missed something going into this issue. And then I didn't, I didn't realize until the end of it with the little essay at the back that this was the final issue. Um, so it, it, I was along for the ride, but I felt a lot of my head was spinning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. I mean, Andre Genelay has done the majority of these issues, right? Uh, I think it was back and forth. There was an Italian guy on the first bit because Genelay was her, uh, her partner on uh, most of Runaways or at least, you know, the majority of it. And I think there was a different artist on this off and on. But uh, Genelay, I think, kind of took over. At least towards the end. At least, the, at least yeah. The, yeah, 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 the last Oh, Terrific so stuff. Good. Great, great character stuff. I love, I mean, a lot of the stuff between Jennifer and the scoundrel are just, you know, it's just faces as they yeah. get to this tensed conversation about him blowing up Manhattan and him trying to continue to win her heart, even though she's clearly not into it. But then, you know, there's big action stuff and I love his thing. I love Rainbow Rowell's thing. I love uh-huh. his thing. Uh, I do love his thing. <laughs> I, like love that, his thing. I like that Luke wanted a jacket, even though he was trying not to. She just gets those things really right. And I, I think, you know, what's interesting is that like, I know that Connor, you didn't read through that runaways. No, I didn't. But this is what it was like. Yeah, mm. it was great. It was just every, every week. It was like, oh, this is just delightful to spend time with these people. And a lot, it, a lot of it did have to do with how this artist, uh, and oh, I forget who the other one was. It was, uh, it was the back same as the backup artist for why the last man i think was the other artist for that runaways book i might be completely wrong um you know but there's just it just complements her writing so mm-hmm. much i really i think that chris anka chris anka did do part of it and then it switched over i think because okay. he yeah you know what i don't know what i'm talking about uh i'm full of shit i i think if i was to the last issue if i was to not pay a lot of attention i'd be like boy this 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 scoundrel character really flipped but i don't think he did i think she just built an idea about him in her head you know like built up a romance and and you know an idealization that was based on absolutely nothing which is the most human thing you can do and then like very very briefly you know scratching beneath the surface like he's a complete prick like there's nothing there you know 
but it's grass is greener kind of thing. It's, it's grass is greener. But it's well, also She Hulk is greener. It's also like, you know, she's not totally fulfilled with Jack, and so someone right. attractive comes along and flirts with her, and so she feels the attention she's not getting from Jack, and it's mm-hmm. like the most human thing in the world, despite all the weirdos on the internet who get all angry about women having real feelings in superhero comics. But um, it totally made sense from yeah. a from that point of view, and then and then and it's and what happens here is, or in the last issue was reality slapping you in the face, right? So the fantasy ends, and you're just you're dealt, you're having to deal with the reality of the situation. Now this was a bit more heightened because it involves a bomb, but you know it was good. Mm-hmm. It's very good. I'm glad it it's was. not ending, even if it's ending. Yeah, I mean, like I, I I'm I almost find myself annoyed that it's ending, even though it isn't. Goran Sudzaka. Okay, let me see if I was completely wrong. If that person did any She-Hulk, Goran Sudzaka definitely did. Why the last man? Yes, I know, I know. I don't think they did any She-Hulk though. No, I think you're right. Not She-Hulk, that's for sure. So things are a little out of order. All right, so let's talk about the Invincible Iron Man 658, which very helpfully told me this issue takes place after the Hellfire Gala because I almost read it before. So I stopped. I did, and I don't care, but yes. I stopped and went and waited. And then also the next book we're going to talk about also kind of takes place after this issue. So things were all screwy in Marvel Land this week, but... I actually, I will say, if anything, it it's the it it was something that actually made me slightly interested in the Hellfire Gala. I was like, okay, this is. It didn't really spoil it for me, uh, but I thought it, it sort of piqued my interest a little bit. It made me a little more receptive, I think. So we're going to talk about the Hellfire Gala in a minute, but this is po- sideways post that same time. Um, I've been loving Jerry Duggan's Iron Man. It's really if good. I, if not i don't love you know it's a trend across all these books is to sure. take all the money away from all the billionaire characters and make them scrappy and poor and it's like that's not fun that's not a, that's not aspirational and so but here the situation is the guy who's been the x-men villain has bought out his company and he actually owns all the rights to the iron man armor and so he has to give it up and and dealing with that and and while also the attack on the hellfire gala happens so that's also happening and he's got to rescue white queen and that's I, this was terrific. It, it, the villain, the villain stuff here, though, it, it it makes sense. Like you see how he got outsmarted, mm-hmm. and you also see that uh, there's a couple of things. One, a lot of it was set up in that last miniseries or whatever it was, where him and Rhodey went around buying all the tech. He spent all of his money. It wasn't like he was duped or whatever. Like no, no, he, but that's the device to make him. Yeah, no, I know, but also like I kind of. <sighs> Like I, you kind of get the fact like he kind of doesn't care and he knows he can make back money instantly. It's not like a huge loss in that way. You know what I'm saying? Like with, with he's not that, destitute. He yeah. isn't. And he, he like, I feel like he, it's not like he's Batman know, and his best friend stole all his money and well, that's never, never dealt with that. But this is the thing. Like if, if Tony, Tony Stark could slow down enough from doing all the other shit, he can say, I could make a million billion dollars. Who cares? Like, like it's not the thing. He's more dealing with the stuff that's going around it than the loss of money. So while I agree with you, I don't think it's that bad because it, it's very easy for them to write this, you know, and it's just got like, you know, he's lost the company before the first Iron Man movies about him losing the company. So whatever. I like the Sentinels being infused with the Iron Man technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, a good twist. I and like looking that. Like him. That, you know, basically, Iron Man is helping to take down the the X Men, even if he's not doing it himself. Right, right? like he's sort of he's sort of responsible for that. And 
I think Jerry just writes a really fun uh, Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit downy, but not totally downy, but a little yeah. bit. And, but still very recognizably Tony Stark from the comics. Um, and I guess they're going to p- be pairing Tony and Emma. I guess that's what's happening, but mm. this was fun. I've been reading this alongside the X-Men book that he's also writing. And that's been, they've been great sort of companion books for a little while. That's great. Uh, and we're going to get to Hellfire Gal in a minute. But basically how this ends is he has to give up all his armor. So in the next issue, he's wearing his stealth black and silver armor, which is what he's wearing in the Avengers 769, which I was very confused about. But after I read Iron Man, I made sense. So in Avengers 769, he is is now no longer in the red and gold armor. Here's my complaint about this issue. Yes. And it's not the issue's fault. It's the the modern way of comics is you only got 20 pages. They spent eight of them introducing these characters in one-page intros, which I don't think they needed and took up a lot of real estate. I noticed that, but I kind of... By the time we got done with that, we were like halfway through the issue. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong, but at the same but time... it's fun. Like, it was fun. I, I think that's what it was. I, this was one, and I think that... Uh, I, there was a couple of these things this week, and uh, actually, I'm gonna. I think when we get into uh, the next book, it's part of it too. But there was, you know, Jerry Duggan's roughly our age. He would have come up in Marvel Comics about the same time as, and there's a lot of '80s Marvel in here. In with this that Jed kind McKay of book, thing. yeah, you're right. Um, Jed McKay. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I can guess by reading his stuff that there's there's something going on there. But this just had that twinge of 80s Iron Man to it in sort of the structure and the way that it moved around. And it was really fun. We're talking about which book we're talking about here. Avengers? Avengers 769 okay. or number <laughs> you, three. You were saying that a twinge of Iron Man. I thought we'd gotten back for a second. So, <laughs> no, but both of them do is my point. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we love Jed McKay, right? So we, he's got that right tone. Um, this feels better than Jason Aaron for whatever reason. And, you know, throw them a different threat every couple of issues and have them get together and solve it. That's what the Avengers are supposed to do. I just, I love that we had a bunch of new villains. Yeah. And they were like superhero villains. I mean, were they very different from like Ebony Maw and whatever? No. Who gives a shit? Like it was, some aliens came down. Stuff was real bad. The Avengers had to take care of it. Uh, You know, and it was... And we don't know yet because this really this issue is all just the intro of the villains and then we all the Avengers split up to face a different one because they're all over the globe Mm -hmm. and that's where the issue ends. We've we've put all the pieces on the board now. But in an incredibly fun way and I like the dynamics of the team, the tension between Captain Marvel and Black Panther who Black Panther is sort of instinctually tries to lead and Captain Marvel is the leader. Um Vision is a great addition. He's, you know, he's an android. The one of these villains is an android. I like the the little speech he gave that that villain too. You have fed me to the core of my very being. Um, Thor I, looks I mean, like old classic Thor. I, I think uh, I skipped over a little bit on the last issue, but again on the on the Iron Man we were talking about. But I thought that the one for Gary art was fantastic in this, and I thought or in his book, and then the CF Villa art uh, in this book was was just great. It yeah. was perfect. It was. Um, it was dynamic. It was, uh, you know, dramatic enough uh, to be a little silly. Uh, like you had <laughs> the one character is his name. They all had ridiculous names. Like the villains were ridiculous. They were mm-hmm. done full on serious. But the one is bored. He has ennui. He's like Lord Ennui, uh, my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll try this. Maybe I'll feel something. He, oh well. And he's dressed just like one of the Nazgul. Yeah, he has the Nazgul with forearms. Yeah. 
It was very goofy. I had I had so much fun reading this, and I had read I had to catch up on two and then three here, and uh, I just thought, oh, this is an Avengers comic, and it, it was like world spanning. But I was like, this is gonna last two issues, or or could you know, and right. it would be fine for sure. Like, here's here's a bunch of new villains, and and I just thought oh, this doesn't actually happen a lot. Um, do we just get some sort of new villains coming along? And, and there was actually a there was a letter in the back of this, and I don't ever read them, but I happened to read, and he was like. There's a guy and he's like, I've been reading comics for 50 years and this is the first letter I wrote in. And it was like all about how, you know, he was really excited about all these new Avengers uh, villains. It's <laughs> like, really? 50 years? You read this one issue where they sort of introduced some villains and you just had to write a lot. I was like, I kind of don't believe this, but I also kind of love that it exists. <laughs> He, he, he's like, it's like, it's like a paragraph. He's like, I was very pleased. Uh, the story, you know, I love the lineup. Uh, uh, I, you know, I think basically he's like, I just loved seeing the new Avengers villains. You know, this is my first after 50 years of collecting comics. This is my first letter. I was like, really? Okay. Sometimes I want to believe it. It builds I, up in you. I want to believe it. Well, the undercurrent of that, by the way, is always, I hated the last run. <laughs> That's Wait, a classic. Yeah. Have either of you ever written a letter? I wrote a, I wrote a letter to Wizard. I never wrote a letter to a comic book. I wrote a letter to Cracked Magazine when I was 10 and it got published. Do you, wow. have, that, do you have that issue? No, I was just thinking. I was like, I bet Connor's going to ask me. I couldn't even tell you when it was. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm guessing it would have been sometime around 87. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't, I do not believe I, no, I've never written a letter. Hold on. I got to look for that on eBay while we're talking. <laughs> Just buy all the issues from in 1987. Yeah. I got, I got to like go 86 to 88 just to be sure. Why don't you read this next part and then you can look it up. Fine. If you want to find some way to help fund my desperate search for, <laughs> for maybe collectible or perhaps non-collectible issues of Cracked Magazine, the uh, because, of course, I liked Cracked more than Mad because it wasn't the mainstream thing. That's so me, even at age 8, 9, 10. Uh, anyway, you can go to patreon.com slash iFanboy. You can directly support the show. You can unlock shows for everybody. There's a great community over on Discord and Facebook and the monthly patron hangout. Uh, there is now tier exclusive merchandise. I tried to say merch. I couldn't do it. Merchandise. Uh, they change things around a little on uh, Patreon, and we had to change around with them. So depending on your level of support, after three months, you will get a Junior Jamoke t-shirt or tote bag or a hoodie. It depends. You you know, you know, you, you make those choices, not us. Uh, there's a sticker, a mug, a poster, many things. Uh, at, plus, at the $5 or higher level, you get a patron power and access to the Discord server. And at the $10 or higher level, you get access to an ad-free feed of this show. You can find out more details on patreon.com slash iFanboy. I've never read that. That's the first time I've actually done it. Uh, let's see. There's a shirt. There's a new shirt, the iFanboy Pride shirt. Half the proceeds uh, of that shirt over at iFanboy.threadless.com. Go to the It Gets Better project. And what we found out was is that they were already going there. We didn't even have to do it. We'd set that up. And when I say we, you know, the minions, the people who do that kind of thing. It's automatically <laughs> uh, routed. So so uh, uh, shirts that have been bought have already had uh, money go to the It Gets Better project, which is something I uh, think is very cool and very important and very valuable and i'm glad that that's there there are 13 more des- there are 13 total designs which you can get on t-shirts and so many things 
Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash support. There's a direct PayPal link there. Should that be a thing that works out for you and you want to contribute in some way, ifanboy.com slash Amazon, where you can buy the books uh, that we uh, talk about on Booksplode with a link there, or there's general links to Amazon. So you can, uh, it's an affiliate program. I believe you understand how that works. And finally, bookshop.org, where we can put links on the site we do, because uh, that is a way uh, to order the comics uh, from local bookstores. And if you, you know, if you go through it, you can order any books you want from local bookstores. And the, it's a network of local bookstores so that so that you're supporting that incredibly vital part of our culture, which goes underappreciated. I think that's enough for me. There's a I lot have of an update. Good. Okay. I remembered. Uh, when when Warren Ellis had his uh, bad signal newsletter, yep. yes, I replied once to one of his his bad signals uh, with an email that got me blocked. Got you blocked, yeah. classic. But also writing an email and writing a letter. I know, I know. That's that's why it took me a minute to recall it. But um, Josh, there are was, a lot. I was of- being I, I was being I was being a shitty immature person, and I said I was saying things that weren't nice, and so he blocked me. It was he oh, he was so correct. You earned it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, see, I was thinking that you like uh, uh, said something like completely normal and got blocked, no, which, is much, no, which no. was more my experience with Warren nope, Ellis. Nope i was I was in the wrong. I have I've literally apologized to Warren Ellis in person since then, and, and thanked him for teaching me a valuable lesson about being mature on the internet. What did you say? It was something shitty about how like oh your issue was late, and I'm not going to buy it until the trade comes out. Like <laughs> it was. <laughs> Why would you do that? Because I was an idiot child. Josh, there's of... a lot of issues of cracked on eBay. Yeah, I realize that. None of them look. I'm familiar. not. I'm not proud of it, but I did. I did learn. Uh huh. Ryan, talk to me about the Incredible Hulk number seven hundred eighty-three or number two. Um, what is what's going on here? Well, I mostly. I actually kind of wanted to see if Josh was reading this. Incredible Hulk. Yes. Um. I. I. I always try new Hulk stuff. Some kind I, of Hulk stuff you never tried before. I found myself slightly disappointed that this felt a lot like the Al Ewing uh, yes. um, horror Hulk as, as we kept going. And I I didn't like that as much. Uh, but I really like Philip Kennedy Johnson. And I isn't Nick Klein was the artist? He was on, on Thor. Oh, okay, you're right, you're right. Um, you know, I thought the art looked great. I, I, it's good, but it's not my... Not cup of Hulk. tea. Hashtag not my Hulk. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> have a Hulk. I'm, I'll let him do anything with it. But but you know, I I really I'm excited for Philip Kennedy Johnson. I just I'm not excited about what he's actually doing. Like in, yeah, in theory, I'm like ooh, I'm sure there's some interesting stories he's got. But this is like not it. Although I do like the the girl, the young girl he sort of meets and is his sidekick and. Well, and I'm I'm actually I'm kind of digging this. Um, you know, I, I, Connor and I talked about the first issue, and it takes place in Eastern Kentucky, Appalachia, my neck of the woods, and it's got a lot of like creepy Baptist revival stuff. I honestly um, skipped all almost all that dialogue. I did too. I was like, like I okay, got through it. You're gonna you know, preach for three pages. I'm just gonna skip that, it. I thought that was actually really weird for a guy who is such a vet. I thought this because I skipped it and I was like, this has nothing to do with the plot. And it's a you lot know, of real though, like it worked for me. Someone who grew up, mm-hmm. you know, it, it being taken to church every Did you week hold snakes. Appalachia? I never I saw. OK, uh, how much time I got on, on the show? <laughs> yes or no? No, okay. tried to try to go to a snake handling church. Dad would not let me. Okay. <laughs> he, that was like your nascent scientist coming out. Like, like, 
like kids who <laughs> kids who are like they know they're gay but they're not sure you know they're like well you know why don't we go to this thing and, and you were like let's go because how do we get close to the snakes i saw a snake yesterday josh it was great i don't know i i didn't dislike this but I don't, i'm not loving it um yeah i'd say that was right at one point she calls him like a skinny nerd and i was like this guy like he doesn't look like a skinny nerd he looks like a terrifying vagrant yeah, he looks like a he's a heroin addicted bass player. Maybe maybe it's because Justified came back recently that I'm just I'm I'm in. Let's give me some creepy Appalachia stuff. I'm I will it. say that I I kind of wish I wish that like we could like every time we see Banner, he's even further a- along the road to ruin than he was. Like <laughs> like whatever happened before is still with him, right. and so like now like he's not okay. You know, right. like he he like the Hulk is almost preferable to this this wastrel. You know, I I I yeah. I kind of want them to reboot a little. Oh, totally. I think it'd be nice to have a banner who isn't just completely uh, fraying at the edges. Yeah, and as a story, and is not just hiding from the Hulk. Like the banner on the movies that we all know, or the TV show, or any of the banners we've seen over yeah. the years. That's not. You know, this continuing story of trying to fight off the Hulk inside who is actively trying to hurt, kill Banner. It's like, ah, that's been happening mm-hmm. for a while now. You know, not not as much fun. Over in Ultimate yeah. Invasion number two of four, our other Brian Hitch book of the week, Jonathan Hickman and Hitch. Um, I liked this, though. I was I was confused at first because this is like an alt taking place in an altered dimension. It's not the ultimate version, but they all look like the ultimate version. So I was confused for a minute, but. Well, this is this, you and I had a little bit of a debate with issue one, Connor, where you kind of said they were going back to the ultimate universe. And I said, no, I think they're going to a different universe, but it's the maker from the ultimate universe going into it. So I think our two theories are coming to a head here. I think we're seeing something that is running in parallel to what we knew as the ultimate universe. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because this is two of four. And it does not feel like enough issues to explore yeah. everything that they're they're trying to explore. I feel like halfway through the story I should know a lot more, but um I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the creepy What's with all the body horror? What's going on? It's a, it's a thing. Well, I mean, it's got something to do with the, with the pandemic. You didn't read this, did you, Josh? I no, I started to read the last one and I found myself kind of interested and then ended up not doing the show, so I never finished it and I looked uh-huh. at it I thought, "Do I want to finish it?" and I thought, "No." So I didn't. There's a pe- part where the ultimate fan- ultimate Mr. Fantastic takes off his helmet and half his head's missing. Ugh. And I was just like, ugh. So apparently you can buy DVDs of Cracked. <laughs> like for like 25 bucks, I could get like the whole run and find my thing in there. Ooh. But as I'm looking through these, some of the covers look familiar. But what I am noticing is that a lot of the art in these ones was John Severin, which is the first time I ever came into contact with him. And sure. he's just so good then, and he was so good right up until the day he I died. think you got to buy the DVD, find your issue, and, and then get the issue. I think that's sort of where I'm leaning. I think I found somebody on Etsy who's selling like uh, like 300 of them as like a download. I thought that might work better. Than as, long as, they're, as long as they've already got uh, optical character recognition run on them, so you, don't, you can search. Yeah. Well, I just needed to, yeah, that's true. A little, little OCR action. I mean, you can run yeah. OCR yourself, but should you have to? Some of these feel familiar, because I was like, I, I remember reading this. It's but. been a while. We've talked about Garth Ennis in the show. We're talking about the, the Ribbon Queen, number one from AWA, Garth Ennis and Jay, not Jane, but Jason Burroughs. And was I uh, the only one who read this? No, I read it. Oh, okay. Josh, did you read it? 
Oh. Weird. I Weird. didn't know about it until uh, 10 minutes before the show. So That's not true. I texted you earlier than that. God, you are so bad at doing shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know what improv is? Fire me. It was, it was yes, an hour and. and a half before the show. Fine. It takes 10 minutes to read a comic. Oh, That's true. I, I, downloaded, I downloaded it 10 minutes before the show and read it. Well, Thank I was you. making you, dinner and cleaning up. Um, Connor has a lot more free time than I do. This is, you know, falls into that category of the Garth Ennis books that I'm not overly interested in. Right. It, 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 what, well, this is this also falls into the it reads like it's going to be a hard boiled crime book until the last two pages when it yes. becomes a supernatural thriller. Right. It's a it's a well. I mean, the cover really kind of gives it away, but. Yeah, it's it's basically a crime. It's a cop story, which he's been doing a lot of until the very, very end. But I was I really was taken aback by Jason Burroughs, who I normally I think is a really strong artist, but I thought was really stilted, flat, and yeah. Like, there's one character who's the cop they think killed this woman, and they're looking at a video of him yelling at people, but his facial expression has none. Is just no facial expression while he's yelling, and it's just like the dialogue's not matching the art. It just was weird, unless that was a choice. But I thought, but then he's dead, so I guess it's not a choice. I don't know. It just was bizarre. I, I did not dislike it, and I thought there was some terrific Garth Ennis flourishes and character stuff. But uh, we got to the end, and there's more body horror where the guy's getting his skin peeled off, and he's still did you alive. Read the essay? I did not. Yeah, the, the afterward. No. Yeah, I mean, he talks a little bit about why this story matters to him, which I guess is the entire point of of the afterward uh, essay thing. And yeah, there was like a whole thing about like Garth Ennis going on a hike as a younger man and getting chased by a bull and having to crawl through brushes, you know, brush with with thorns and getting his skin all cut up and. Uh, how that informed his sense of like gore and uh, I don't know. It was um, informative, but I don't know if it was necessarily convincing. <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, look, he's always had a variety of interests and they don't always interact with what I'm interested in, but he's always been that way. It's fine. Nothing wrong with that. It's like Warren. It's like Alan Moore. He's, he's got his whole corner of stories. He likes telling that I'm not interested in, which is okay. It's yeah, okay. but it's Snow White, right? And she's boning Cinderella. Well, that one's and right. then Wait, am I supposed to say yes and right now? Yes, this is exactly the right. Yes and. I'm the only one reading Traveling to Mars, right? Josh is definitely not. Yeah, I just, I I, 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 I missed the bus. I, I Same, I would like to catch up, but I have yet to have caught This is issue seven. I think it goes, it's eight or nine total. He is now at the precipice of reaching Mars. And the, this movie, this issue bummed me, bummed me out really bad you okay i just well you know we're living in this current hellscape uh where literally hellscape where everything's really really hot and it's like this is the new normal and everything got really bad really fast i mean it got really slow really bad really slow for a long time then it got really bad really fast and in this issue uh the guy who's on the spaceship going to mars to claim it for a corporation uh he's talking to his representative back home and the guy's like so listen it's not so good here uh society is kind of collapsing and then we go through a bunch of mark russell futuristic predictions about the earth and i was like oh i can't be reading this this week while i'm sitting here in 95 degree temperature like <laughs> it was not good not good for my mental health um but uh 
you know, it's still terrific. It really is. I think Josh would really, really I think you guys both would really love it, but you can check it out later. Mm-hmm. I, I plan to. I'm not against it. I just forgot about it. And then it was four issues in. So I just, that was the thing. that's why I always subscribe to the, I, I don't, I, every time I screw something up, you give me a life lesson. This is an ADHD thing, by the way, <laughs> you are making fun of my disability. I am. <laughs> uh, yes. And those are the books we want to talk about this week, oh, but God, a Patreon, you're ruining the yes. And joke now. <laughs> Patreon.com slash I boy. Every patron gets a vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week in a squeaker, in the book that won over the it won by one vote over the pick of the week, Superman, uh, the winner was X Men Hellfire Gala 2023, number one. And this is the annual Hellfire Gala, which I love as a concept. I think it's been super fun. They do a annual Met Gala style crazy thing, and something big always happens at it. Why do you love it? I just said why. It's super fun, and they do a crazy event happens oh something big always happens at it uh, you you, but, you like like if you like when the met gala happens you like follow it right no like you want to see the stuff and no i i, I, no? Like, I watch stories better than the news but i don't like right go crazy but i, I enjoy the i enjoy the artistry of the co- of the costumes okay um and this is always good they, this is where they, they pick the new x-men team and, it, and something something important always happens and what is fun about it is they Usually, this is, this one's very different than, than the past ones. We're going to get yeah. to why in a second, but there's always like fun interactions because they they have characters from all over the Marvel universe come to the gala and with real celebrities. And you know, last year was the one where Emma Frost started flirting with Steve Rogers and made him uncomfortable, and that was super hilarious. Like stuff like that is fun because it's like a party, and they get to sort of take a breather for a minute. I think. It's a really great idea in the context of Marvel and specifically the X-Men. Yes. Because I don't know when it started, but I know that at least in the 80s, there was always an element of flair that would happen. You know, they have the swimsuit issues yep. or whatever and sort of the design of the costume. Like it, you know, and 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 the idea of of this, I think, meshes well. While I am not necessarily interested in it, I mm-hmm. think it's a good idea. And I saw, like, at Comic-Con, like, they had one, and I was like, oh, that's really smart. Yes. I wouldn't really want to be there, but I thought, that's brilliant. And I bet the people who went had a lot of fun, and that's cool. So, it was interesting to me uh, that that it came out this week, and... I, I uh, like I said, something happened in Iron Man. I was like, that's kind of interesting. And then uh, our, our our pal Ron Richards was like, you should read it, which is not surprising because he always says that. And I'm like, I've never liked X, but you should read it. it's really good. And I do, and it, it never is. Uh, but I did read it, uh, and I, I I I found myself the whole way. I was like, this is the best X Men comic I've read in years. <laughs> because. Yeah. Even though I didn't really know who everybody was, who I was going on, I had no problem following it. Mm-hmm. I, and I thought that was really impressive because a lot of times I feel like I am hung out to dry by these X-Men writers. Well, it's Jerry Duggins on the, was the writer and there's a, you know, a lot of artists because this is a, like an almost 70-something page issue. You know, Adam Kubert and Chris Anka we mentioned earlier and R.B. Silva, Javier Pena, Russell Dowderman. Mateo Lolly, lots of great artists. Pepe Larraz does the last bit. And so this is sort of the culmination of this Krakoa story, right? So mm-hmm. many years yeah. ago, they broke off at Great Krakoa. They turned it into Fuck Island. They started making magical drugs for the world. And 
meanwhile, this Orcus group has been hating them and trying to kill them. And, and this is the culmination in that Orcus uh, attacks the gala and ends up killing 90% of the ex- the mutants. Yeah. And this also reintroduces Kamala Khan. Hey, she's back. Everyone put your pitch- pitchforks down. Um, <laughs> and a bunch of major characters die, you know, quote unquote die. And without yeah. these facilities in Krakoa anymore, you can't resurrect Iceman. You can't resurrect Jean Grey. Cyclops is in pretty bad shape. So I thought it was pretty interesting because at the beginning they resurrect uh, uh, Kamala. And I thought, Jesus, nobody can die at all anymore. And then totally flip that on its head later, which I, I thought was cool. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, uh, look, I've been reading not all the X-Men books, but reading X-Men ever since the Krakoa situation. Mm-hmm. I've been reading the X-Men book. I read uh, the, the uh, several of the series. Uh, so I know what's going on, but. I'm also on the edge. Like in this book, there's so many X-Men characters. I just have no idea who they are. And so it was interesting how it turned it on, on its head for me. And that I was like, who are all of these people? And then they mm-hmm. all get killed anyway. So it doesn't matter. And I'm always a proponent of they a introduced smaller a new X-Men lineup. But, and I was like, who are these people? And it didn't I like, matter. A, I was like, this is a lame team. I don't know if I want to keep reading the X-Men book. That's what I said when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to keep reading that X-Men book. And then they all get killed. So, I think the X-Men are better. Like you can have a ton of X-Men. You can have a ton of mutants if you want, but I think it's better when it's a focused, you know, you focus on like 20 X-Men. And so that's kind of what we're down to now where they have the Orcus forces them all to walk through the gates, but they've turned the gates into space. I think everyone thought they were going to end up on a planet instead. I think it sounds like they just got spaced into space. <sighs> and uh, so now like, almost everyone is dead except for the X-Men who were able to block the psychic commands because of the tricks Xavier taught them. And so we're left with a very small group of uh, survivors, you know, in a really bad situation. And I thought this was really good. Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, but I, I, I did feel the length of it, I guess is what I would say. It's about 70, 72, 70 pages with because there's a whole bunch in the back of the story, but yeah, it's about seventy pages. And you know what? I'm just I, I'll I'll go ahead and throw this out there too. I like the outfits. That's that's fun. It's fun that fun. they get these. They get, I was they, impressed by it. Yeah, I think uh, and it worked. It was, it was actually a little bit where I almost hate to admit this, but uh, Xavier took off his his helmet for a second to talk and to Kamala. Like, yeah. And it was like, yeah, oh, he's finally taking his cerebro. It's Kamala. The vice president has ruined my ability to say her name. It's <laughs> you said Kamala. It's Kamala. Apologies. But I do the same uh, thing. I read. Uh, I read uh, her as as as, as Kamala. No. Thank uh, you for the correction. But he, I was like, oh, was so he's actually got a reason for wearing that dumb thing on his head. <laughs> Just for a second, I thought. <laughs> um, and like like when when Cyclops looked really stupid in his outfit, I was like, well. Gala outfits look stupid. Yes. <laughs> That's what they do. And I, you know, I, I get it. It's fine. It's it's supposed to be like that. It's high fashion. I mean Yeah, somebody somebody was high, Connor. Am I right? I you know what? I didn't I really didn't notice the changing of the art. I knew that there was a bunch of artists and I was kind of looking for it, but I felt that I don't know, it was editing or the way the story was. Like I, I was going along with it. I felt the length, but not in a bad way. I was kind of like, oh, I'm enjoying an X-Men comic. I hope this doesn't end soon. Well, you know, it's it, once once the ball started rolling downhill, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh shit!" And then it got like really I thought, tense. I it was a gallop. Yeah, and then like at the point where 
is it Xavier who makes no it's Jean Grey who makes Firestar into an undercover agent using her brilliant powers and I was like you could feel the desperation and yeah. the heartbreak because she's now she now has to go undercover and Jean Grey's made everyone think that she's a bad guy and so now she's all alone because Jean's dead and so it's like the, it's like the, the the chuckles thing or or no it's like the the departed where you know the, yeah. your handler dies and no one knows, no one knows you're not a bad guy so like once it started moving i was like oh shit oh shit this is terrific and and rogue went all dignant on him yeah she's like you better keep the light on sure i was like oh no this is not like i was totally into it i probably would have made this my pick of the week there holy shit that would have been the i know the, I, I think the pick heard around the world well it just in the, in terms of like expectations being mm-hmm. uh subverted i think what you're talking about is, is that slow rollout of um yes it was very really well constructed uh, well, it's still real too. Of just like, oh, this this is a thing that's going to matter that I would notice. Like, if I didn't read this in this book, I would have felt it in all the other books. And it's sort of like it was time to wrap up Krakoa in some way. And this was a very good way of doing. It. And I don't mean like uh, it was over, but you know, like it lost its it lost. You know, like what was interesting about it, it was just like this is just going to be a thing now. But then you know they flip it on its head at the last minute and. Uh, just unexpected and and really compelling. It's always fun when the villains show up, right? And they've got the upper hand in a way that the heroes can't even fathom, mm-hmm. right? You put them in a position where it's just like, it's so bad and they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Kingpin in here. I mean, I'd mentioned before that he was on Krakoa because Typhoid Mary's girlfriend is a mutant and he ends up becoming important. It's just like, I thought Jerry Duggan did a really, really good job of taking all these disparate elements. He had Modoc's in here. But but th- yes, and there, but there was also a really cool thing. And they unleashed where, Wolverine. I feel like Wolverine's been sidelined forever because there's two other right. Wolverines, and now Logan is really important. So it's like it, it feels like things were snapping back into place in a way that I really enjoyed. Who was it that said somebody was like, "I'm not so comfortable." It was I guess it was Sam Wilson. It was like, "I'm not so comfortable with Kingpin walking around here." Yeah. And somebody's like, "Well, would you rather have him be here, surrounded by you know all these mutant heroes?" Or right where there's know? there's no money. Yeah, so he, he can't he can't steal from us because we don't use currency to pay for anything. I thought that was brilliant. I thought it that was, was good. really it was super clever. And even he was like, you make a lot of sense. <laughs> even Sam Wilson was like, yeah, you make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. It was a good issue. It was yeah. a really good issue. It was surprising. Don't tell Ron I thought that. He doesn't listen. I know. Yeah. So let's rate. Let's rate it. X-Men Hellfire Gala 2023 number one ratings out of five i'm gonna give it a four and a half i'm gonna give it a four and a half i'm i think i'm just a four that's okay that's totally okay nothing wrong with it i mean you were you were you were you thought you were going to get away with it but instead you were forced to read a 70 something page comic at the last minute you know and you can still give it a four it's it would be easy to just resent it (laughs) just it, it scratched a particular itch, but it. Uh, I forget. Are you are you one of those X? Uh, are you one of those X Men cartoon kids? A yeah. little. Um, I, I was. Uh, <laughs> one of those weirdos. Uh, no, no, I'm I'm, I'm I'm just young enough that like the X. I was on the tail end of the X Men cartoon, but all in for the Spider Man cartoon that followed. Right, you're the Spider Man oh, yeah. cartoon kid. That's right. Yeah, sorry. That's fine. Uh, so there was a real yeah. question, Josh. Are you going to stick with any of these comics? I don't think so. Oh, not going to be the Jerry Duggan issue, the Jerry Duggan written series. I mean, I know what's going to happen. 
Do you? you know, like I kind of no. I mean, like I this is the same thing that happens anytime I try to read an X Men run. The last time I really stuck with an X Men run was the Wolverine was the head of the Academy or whatever it was. I Listen, read that. I think you can through. go out on your high note, right? Like you came in, you had yeah. the perfect piece of cake. Yep, that's exactly like I, I get it. Like I, I like the the fallout might be cool or whatever, you know. And, and early, like I tried, I tried to read the the Marauders book, and I try, and I just was like, I don't, I don't care. Once it sort of gets down into the ticky tacky stuff, you know, whenever it ends, when like, like, like the big sort of uh, final issue of all, I'll read that, you know, when they es- escape from this, that's fine. Maybe Thanks. if something's great, you tell me, I'll be on the show. You'll tell me, oh man, this has been really good. I think you'll still like it. Then sure. Ryan. No, no. <laughs> Ryan, doesn't, Ryan doesn't like us anymore. Ryan, why not? Uh, I, I- Tell the people. I mean, it's a good question. I feel like I fell so far Wait, away. Had you been reading any of these books before, was it, or this was your good first point. time back? Good in question. Uh, it was my first time. I've read. I've. I've. Tut- I've sort of um, checked back in with some of the Jerry Duggan stuff, but I feel like Jerry Duggan is still carrying the torch that Jonathan Hickman lit, and I just never quite plugged into or loved any of that stuff, and so it's Same. like. It's nothing against any of the creators working on it. And it's nothing against any of the stories being told. It's just the, I don't know. Like the, there's something about the, the I'm reading a comic and then suddenly there's a stylized page with a white, you know, white background and black text and weird mm-hmm. circles. And it's all just text for a page. It's just like, it takes me out of it every time to a point where I, I kind of just don't want it in my stack. Like, you know what? The, the, that's, I think that's very valid. I definitely have had that, that thought. I also like that there's going to be some things in comics. And actually I have, a, I have eroded a lot of these over time. I just don't want to have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And the X-Men is something like, I kind of, I don't want to have to worry about it. Like, you know, I can, I can check it out sometimes. It's fine, but really I don't want to feel like I have to keep up with it. And I don't. And so that's nice. That's a that's a little like okay. Well, let somebody else worry about that. There's you know. My there's final other stuff. question. Like, yeah. Before we move on, is did you read the post credit sequence? Because often, Josh, you'll stop when you see the. I by accident, I sort of saw it at the end, uh, where they. This is when they get to the Hellfire Club basement, and then they find out they can't go through the. Well, that's when the, when Kitty X falls through the thing and ends up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yes, I did. Good. I'm glad you read it. I'm glad you all enjoyed it. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Every patron votes out the book to the rundown. Thanks for voting this week, patrons. But if you give it the $5 or higher level, you get a superpower live on the show. And this week, the doctor is going to bestow this power. The power is going to Justin Ludwig. And uh, Justin, don't don't even start with me, Josh, right now. Don't, don't do it. I heard the scoff. It wasn't. Uh, I chuckled. I thought it was delightful that you said Ludwig. And then I thought of things I could say. And then I was like, you shouldn't say any of those things. And then. Yes, and. Um, (laughs) No, I was going to go with that like, yeah, this is Ludwig. And I thought, don't. (laughs) But I just did it. Uh, Justin can transfer any skill he has to someone else by touching them. See, this is interesting. It's a reverse of sync. Reverse rogue situation. Let me ask you this. Hmm. Do you think Justin's got that many talents? Well, here's the thing. Can, and can okay. he decide that which talent goes? goes? Yes. Okay. Yes, he can. And here, here's where I think <laughs> it's interesting. Because you're okay at grilling. No, no, no. The part, the part of my brain that's broken, like, for example, if Connor came to me Uh-oh. and said. Careful. 
<laughs> it said, I need to make a delicious stir fry by Friday. And I don't know what to do because I don't have time to like figure out how to stir fry. This is an uh, insult. But go. Keep going. Or I was going to say Josh play guitar, but I knew that would be a bigger <laughs> insult. But like, I would, I would bend over backwards to figure out how to stir fry in order to transfer that power to you in time. Because like, I, I would do it. I would do it oh. for my friend before I would do it for myself. The question if if let's let I don't know Justin Ludwig maybe he's a maybe he's a super genius but let's just say he's an average person of science yeah could he transfer his average person of science brain into your brain Ryan and then thus making you an average person of science so you're saying he would hurt me right can he do that can it, can it diminish you with his transfer no as see to? I, I, it's not my power but I would think it would work that like if you can you, like you override can only, your science you ability can, with his science ability. Can, Right, so that's not really transferring their like it's transferring. I, I, if, originally, I was thinking of it as like to transfer your talent. It could be but an say if, you, could be if your only. talent isn't greater, then it just doesn't take effect because it doesn't add anything. But you're saying it overwrites it. No, like I'm just saving an old copy. I'm just questions. I, I know. I know. Answer. I'm, I'm Ryan working tells out. The answer. I, I yeah. think Josh is correct. I think it it's has to be. An, it has to be an improvement. Yeah, he's because this power to me is all about helping your friends, right? Like. If, I like if, that a lot. If if uh, Ron needs to learn calligraphy to write thank you cards, oh god, does he? Ju- Justin would, you know, like throw himself at a calligraphy course for a week to make sure that by the time he and Ron shook hands or high fived or and, fist bumped, <laughs> that the calligraphy power would transfer. Can we get that guy to Josh? Again, apparently that's an ADHD thing. Listen, Brad, Henry's handwriting is horrid. Lots of people have bad handwriting though. We can ship them around. I know. I'm just saying. I feel like if if I had this power. Explain, I would, explain Ron to me. I would Scribble. work harder at self-improvement for others than I do myself. I understand. No, I, this is a very altruistic power, and I, I appreciate hope Justin it. Justin is, is better so than what's I interesting, am. What's interesting here is that you said that you would bend over backwards to learn how to do stir-fry. But if you're both starting from zero, you're not helping that person at all. Unless you had something that you could give them. No, if Connor told me, if Connor told me the boss is coming over for dinner and he said he wants delicious stir fry and, and the boss is said, coming over for dinner i gotta get that promotion <laughs> and, and, and connor said but i don't know how to stir fry also i'm I would, stuck in a 50s sitcom <laughs> I can would, i tell I you something work. i did a couple of weeks ago which drove me i was making noodles Dick right Van Dyke show. i almost ruined and a dinner with stir fry I, I was making noodles and i it was not it was i was missing liquid i needed some more liquid and i reached over what i thought was soy sauce is going to add another tablespoon or two it's fucking fish sauce and I Ooh, put delicious. two tablespoons of fish sauce in, and that I might have worked. No, it didn't work. It didn't. Work. First of all, I can I can barely handle fish sauce. Like if oh. I I can get it in there if it's a little bit, and then it's fine. But if I smell it, I can't take it. So all I could smell was fish sauce in my house for like a day afterwards, and now I can't use it at all ever again. But um, the point being, like I've been working on stir fry now for years, and I I'm just starting to kind of get it. And I, it's, it's I almost tough. ruined a dinner party that my wife and I had when we lived in like a one bedroom apartment with mm-hmm. um, a kitchen that had no real ventilation. I had one of those like microwave fans that just blew it into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I was doing Thai fried rice and I tossed a handful of, of sliced Thai birds. I chili into the hot wok with the oil. And it, I mean, it was like I'd pepper sprayed our entire. <laughs> <You> vaporized. <laughs> yeah, that's like, funny. <laughs> I cleared the room. I mean, I you know, like people were in the hallway coughing and gagging. Mm-hmm. Well, there Food you go. Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. You can be a patron like Justin Ludwig and get your own superpower live on the show. 
Let's take some audience questions. The first one is from Francisco J. And Francisco, which is a fun name to say, says, we all know that Saga burst onto the scene when it first came out, went away for a while, and then came back. The problem is, I have no idea if it's still back, or if it has been any good since then. I feel like nobody's talking about it. I picked up the first issue when it returned, but life has gotten in the way, and I only buy trades now based on the recommendations of this show. Uh Uh-oh. Am I missing something? Is there a pact amongst the comic book community to not spoil it a la Walking Dead? And am I just dense, or has it gone away again? Please help solve this mystery I don't want to solve by just Googling. Um, It's still coming out. It's still I'm I'm still reading it in issues. It's really? not this month is not coming out. It came out in June. The, the next issue comes out in August, number sixty six. It's still coming out. Well, but, well, uh, what, I, what I was going to, uh, yeah, I'm still reading in issues. Could not tell you if it's good. Like, like no, no issue I've yeah, read. No issue. On, there, there have been issues I've read where weeks that are on the show, and I read the issue, and it's one of it's usually one of the first issues I read in a week, and never once has an uh, issue done something where I'm like, I know that I'm the only one reading it of of the three of us and there's not been an issue where i'm like oh i, I this is something i i should bring up on the show it, it go ahead but, no you're good no, was, no, it go lost me it was gone for so long that when it came back i had lost the thread i did not want to do the work i did not trust it to continue going and i no longer found myself wanting to invest the time in it and i also think that by the end of the last couple i wasn't sure if i was enjoying it anymore yeah which sometimes doesn't matter. In the beginning, does. it was like pick of the week, like five out of eight issues. Like it was, yeah, <clears throat> burst on the scene. We all loved it. And I think at some point in the middle, I got kind of bored with it, and mm-hmm. I switched yeah, you, to you trades when me. they when the when they killed off one of the main characters. I switched to trades on it, and I just kind of never went back because it wasn't. I wasn't compelled, and I don't know because I haven't been reading it, but I have been told by several people who are reading it. None of them was Ryan that they killed off the wrong main character because the one that mm. they killed off was the interesting one. And the one that they kept, it was kind of awful, but you can't kill they, the they black kill woman off and keep Marco, the white guy. Yeah. They killed off Marco and they kept Alana of, of the parents or those are the two. Yes, time yes, yes. And honestly, I, I, in the early part of the book, I didn't think Alana was awful, but the way she's been written post Marco's death uh, yeah, I mean, she before Marco died, she was like dealing with addiction issues and these other things, and th- I actually thought that was all interesting. But it, the way they've written her post Marco's death, I agree. Like, she's not a, a super admirable, likable character, and she's now lacking a foil, a partner to bounce her personality off of. Like, she's just a not just a she is a, a single mother raising two plus ish kids. And it's hard. Like she's, she's struggling. Like she's a person who is not getting by easily. And it's, it, it is not the fun. It not that it was ever like super fun or carefree, but like it's missing an element of the, it was fun in the beginning. There, there was, I, I heard an interview with John Boyega before he got completely disenfranchised with star Wars as we all have. And, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. speak for yourself. I am. And, uh, as we all have myself included, um, and he talked about how, like, when when he was going into audition for Star Wars, one of the things he did was just rewatch the original movies. And one of the things that struck him was the characters in Star Wars are constantly being put in situations where they they could and very likely will die. But the response is not like, 
oh, woe is me, this sucks, I'm going to die. Their response is, woohoo, isn't this fun? We might die. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was a really good insight. And I think think you see a lot of that in the early parts of that, of his character, Finn, that is maybe missing from the latter versions of it. And I think Saga had some of that in the early days too, where it's like, everything is like, we're all in death defying situations, but boy, isn't it exciting. And now the book has transitioned to like, we're in scraping by situations where wouldn't it be great if there was a stronger welfare state to take care of us. And like, it's just not as fun. fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. fun. I don't remember any of it until you just said like they, like to me, the interesting part about that, this book was that relationship, those characters. And I understand that, when you know you love something you have to destroy them and make them but but is it marco marco and marco alana yeah the two of them were a really interesting couple and their interactions and how they raised that kid was interesting you take one of them away i i think i kind of remember this and i like maybe even i read it when it came back once and it was maybe that's what it was missing um i don't i don't know It, it just i didn't i stopped trusting it I didn't trust that they were going to finish it. I didn't trust that it was going to keep going, that it was going to be worth my time. Well, still, it is still going, but now I just don't. And then they're going to take some break at some point, and then it'll be another, you know, however many years. And at some point, they're not going to keep going. I, I think we don't have time for this, but I think there's a larger discussion to be had about the, the they're, they're not being a comic zeitgeist anymore. You know, like where do people talk about these books? It's also distributed now that right here on a fanboy. Good, well, right. But you can't just, we can't be your only stop because there's lots of stuff. We don't read, don't have time to read. Don't like you're, you're like, are you saying, are you saying we're not everywhere and around? I don't yeah. have, I mean, it's just, it's just interesting. There, there, there there's awesome. an, everything. So the fandom is so distributed that there isn't like a central place where people are like, this book is still incredible. It's you know? really interesting because social media came along and it, it it was this like message board round table for everybody. And then it got too big and split off. And now we feel more alone and siloed than we were before. Yeah. It's crazy. Let's do this next question. JH says, J I'm getting married in just over two months. I'm just, I'm getting married just over two months. Any advice for me on my wedding day? Any stories from your own weddings? P.S. I've been thinking about this question for 30 years, ever since I was old enough to understand what a wedding was. We don't have time to do an hour on this. So what's a quick piece of advice for Jay's wedding day? The day itself? Yes, the wedding day. Any advice for me on my wedding day? The By the day of the wedding, the train is on the tracks. Hold on for the ride and have fun. Yeah, it's just a party. You're not going to get to talk to everybody that you want to. It's going to feel like you didn't get a chance to be with, you know, everybody or have like that's going to happen. I don't know anybody who got married is like, oh, I really got to spend time and talk to everybody I wanted to. It's going to go real fast. Uh, Try to it's just a party. Try to have as much fun as you can. Someone's going to be real stressed out. Someone's mother, for example, and you should not let that affect you. And you should try to see if you can make sure that other people aren't affected by that so that they can also have fun. It is just a one day party. It doesn't, it doesn't actually mean anything. And the thing, and the thing that goes wrong will probably be the best story you get from from the whole whole thing. For example, if a bunch of firefighters show up in your reception room for some reason, because they thought that there was uh, somebody pulled an alarm. What? When did that happen? 
That happened at my wedding. I know. I was there. When did that happen? I don't know. It happened at some point. A bunch of firefighters came in. Like, Where was I? Is that when we were sneaking like, to the other In wedding? uniform. Interesting. That was your and it wasn't like It wasn't like for long. Wasn't yeah, your, was, wasn't your actually cousins? actually the first time, first time Josh and I met. At my wedding? It, I was one of the firefighters. Wow. <laughs> I, why are you suddenly more sexy now? I thought you were going to yes and me. So he didn't do it. I just my, did. My He did. My... Um, True, true. Mine is sort of is a, is a combination of both. I mean, that, that's the best piece of advice is just to, to realize that by the time you get there, it's it's all happening and there's nothing you can do about it in terms of like, don't worry about things that go wrong. Don't worry about just by the time you get to the day itself, it's happening. So mm-hmm. whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Whatever's yeah. not going to happen is going to happen. Like I, that's super minor things. Like all the food didn't come out from mine, but like whatever, who cares? Like you know, at that point, there's nothing you can do about it, and you, you shouldn't be worried about it anyway. And you should designate somebody that you trust to be in charge of worrying about stuff. Yeah. Like I yeah. think if you haven't hired like a, whatever like a people way overdo it. People like again, that's already happened or whatever. I will tell you something that my, my wife shot, uh, she photographed weddings professionally for about a decade. And she said something to me the other day. Cause like she's over weddings. She's been to enough of them and I, I am too. And I've been to like six. Um, but she was like, what I find tends to happen is that the wedding brings out the worst in everybody around the couple and like hmm. sometimes it's mothers it's whatever but like all of the insecurities and the stuff that is going into it it, it for a, a lot of people who are may- maybe not necessarily pleasant to begin with like it makes all those things worse and you can't let those things affect you like it's just this weird and i, and I was remembering because she was telling me stories all the time like this happened with this you know like a lot of people just you don't put that you got don't put that why are we talking about this this is a comic book show no no, no but this is but they, they, they we we all right i i know i'm like the, we're gonna, the, we're gonna end the on this pair, but but the you know relationship questions are i love doing relationship questions on the show and um you know there's also like there's the people closest to the the couple that have the potential to cause the most damage but then yeah. there are like the people that are tertiary or beyond like the people who are invited out of obligation or convenience or whatever who don't give a shit about what the couple is feeling and will like literally yeah. unplug the dj's equipment to play their own music <laughs> like and so and, and they'll be they'll know, be annoyed that their experience wasn't like it's it's for the people who are getting married that's just true yeah don't invite i mean my thing was like i i really never understood the uh well we have to invite so and so fuck it it's your wedding. Yeah, you we didn't invite anybody. We didn't invite anyone. No, we yeah, actually invited too few people. But I don't remember the firefighters crashing the wedding, Josh. Where was I? I, th- I, I, I'm almost sure that really happened. I'll check with my wife, but I'm pretty sure that's really because I think the photographer got one photo of it. Is that when? Like, was it late? Like, were we off? Off? Dude, sh- I, I, sh- I, like it was a blur. Uh, maybe. Can, I, can I? Can I offer one more actual piece of advice? Mm. This is it. Um, this is this is it. This is all this I have And this time we mean it. You're only hurting yourself <laughs> at this point, Ryan. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. It's it, this is a it's a minor thing of you know uh, presumably I, I I don't know Jay's gender nor the gender of the person that that they are marrying, but um you know give being asked to give the the group best man speech or whatever you know however you do your speeches, most people at the wedding don't care about those and so like to the extent you want to accommodate people who want to give speeches maybe just ask them to keep it short because most of them are terrible 
Yeah, most of them are People very bad. People are really bad at expressing themselves uh, with things that are not uh, in public with a microphone in their hand. <laughs> yeah, but just they're just they're just like and they so they say like incredibly boring routine things. But if there's a good one, like it really is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so there you go. Good luck. Jay, have fun. That's the most important yeah. thing is have a good time. I just rewatched Palm Springs. Have a good time all the time. And it was it was great. Contact at ifanboy.com is how you can write in for this show or the Media Splode show by putting Media Splode the subject line. Thanks for everybody who wrote in. Let's quickly plug some shows and get out of here. Speaking of Media Splode, we had a new episode that came out right behind this show just this past week on the feed. We reviewed Oppenheimer and we did the Summer Mailbag. And that was a super fun time. Hope you enjoyed it. Coming up soon will be Justice League War World, the animated brain trust show. We haven't scheduled it yet because I'm about to go on a vac- little vacation. So we'll do that when we get back, but it'll be it'll be coming to you pretty soon. And then depending on the uh, desires and whims of Josh A. Flanagan and friends, maybe there'll be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles review show that's getting great reviews. Is it out? No, but the critics no. have seen it. Right, right, right. Um, at least it'll, you know. So anyway, they, they'll decide whether they do that or not. And possibly Blue Beetle. We'll, just, we'll see. We're not making any promises for either one of those movies. Ryan, science sort of. Oh, man. My job as it currently exists is not a lot of much time for that. So uh, <laughs> I apologize to, to those of you in the audience who uh, have, looking for, have been looking for more science sort of episodes. But um, they, they are recorded and uh, it's just a matter of editing and post-production that has slowed the train there, but... Um, Sounds like a lot of excuses. I would call them reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, um, that was a good yes and. There you go. Thank you. Um, I have I have somewhat of a demanding job right now. It's demands, if they don't diminish, will kill me. So... Uh, <laughs> Do, doing my best. Science sort of, uh, unfortunately, Science a little sort of bit will of return like Saga. Yes. How someday. do we expect this climate change issue to get solved if you're not podcasting? Exactly. Uh, gr- That's a. You were the one I was counting on. This is going to be the guy who breaks through. Sort of. Wow. No, nothing. Nothing like putting more pressure on me. If you t- if you take that as real pressure, we have other problems. That's the irony, Josh, is that the shows he's got in the can that he can't put out yeah. feature his solutions for the climate change issue, and they're 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 valid, and they're valid, well, we and they're, did, they're, they're we doable, did, but he just he, can't get them yeah, out. He just, did just the, tell us. He said, if you were to be like, hey, I I could you do me a favor and solve climate for me? He'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll get to it, and it would like if be a I great had if I had Justin's him. power, I don't have Justin's power you just said if connor needed you to teach you how to i don't have justin's power though right but in real life you still want to help people always that's what you you indicated right so i would really appreciate if you could solve this for me well connor's got an electric vehicle so he doesn't need my help yeah (laughs) what precious metals did it use up when they made it and Josh, I'm trying to get a ski condo with you in the mountains where we can just it's true. live out there. It's true. I just I shot you down. It's a significant I'm, drive with my with my fossil beer burning truck. Unless you relocate permanently. I'm not going Ooh. anywhere south of here. I tell you that much right now. You can find our library of over 1,300 <laughs> shows and counting over at ifanboy.com and wherever podcasts are sold for money. Follow us at ifanboycomics on Instagram and find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out and sometimes for the best weekend panels. Follow us individually 
C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram, Jay Flanagan, also Instagram, at Helped on an unnamed platform that is dying and I've not posted on for many moons, uh, and at Ryan Helped on Instagram. You know, this episode, Ryan, you've had several incredible jokes, and also you've killed several incredible jokes, but that's a good mix, I think. I, was this a good show? <laughs> like, was this a good episode? Subscribe like, to youtube.com slash ifanboy and also <laughs> consider leaving us a review on, pod, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever the hell you're listening. I don't know. It's hot. Like during the during the wedding talk, I was like, half the people are like, fuck this. And half the people are like, this is why I'm here. Listen. I mean, it, it was definitely a show. Someone in the oh, Discord posted 100%. an old episode of ours where we did uh, um, for, thanks, for not Thanksgiving, for Valentine's Day, we did a whole... <laughs> listener mailbag about relationships and i think we got to bring that back next february love that we got to do a relationship question show again we used to do those regularly yeah well yeah but we used to have like married guy single guy whatever now we're just old farts right but you know it could be fun that way but but probably if i'm if i'm being honest so is the audience (laughs) hey we're done thanks for listening as we all sit here and slowly bake my name is connor I feel like I'm being slow cooked. (laughs) I happen to be pressure cooked, Ryan. (laughs) Because of the job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a type of cooking too, though. That that was the joke. Yeah. (sighs) Jeez. I was supposed to go in the middle and you were supposed to go. It, the, it's funny. This, 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 the overwork stress from your job, it just, it, I can hear it coming off you. Yeah. It's yeah, not good. It's, it's, it's not affecting. Great. <laughs> Do you think you go to work and like, he just doesn't, he has no sense of humor. This guy. <laughs> it's like, he no, no, he's stepping on my yes hands. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We should, we should, we should put it in a tier to get him to take improv classes <laughs> so that he can learn to live in the moment. I I tried out for the improv uh, troupe in college and was not selected. I can see why. The number <laughs> of times this week I've I've recognized that like my shoulders were at my ears and I just had to like oh you gotta <laughs> you gotta like let that go, bud. Like that's, <laughs> to myself. That's, that's we call that Kirby living. Yeah, I'm, I've been Kirby. Just yeah. feel like Aah! have you know you should consider cigars. <laughs> Listen, I definitely, I got that Kirby oh my crackle. God. I got the Kirby crackle. I'm seeing a doctor about it next week. Wouldn't it be so good if like in the midst of this, Ryan just started chain smoking cigars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to my family. <laughs> he comes on here. His whole demeanor is different. You can hear it like sort of crisply burning in the you, mic. You hear the cut. You hear the, the flick of the Zippo. You hear the inhale. You hear the sigh. I actually, I did used to smoke cigars.
That was when I turned 18. That was, I bought a pipe. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to smoke a pipe. And then like one day, I like the next day I woke up, I was like, I had the worst taste in my mouth. I was like, this is stupid. I have Even a zipper, but I don't use it often enough and it always runs out of fuel. You know, it's supposed to work in the trenches. <laughs> Be careful. Your pants will probably light on fire. 